like to preach this morning a sermon by the title of Balancing Act. Balancing Act. Have you ever lost your balance? I was coming off the stage here one Sunday. Everybody had their heads bowed, eyes closed, but not everybody. There were a few little teenage girls that saw this, and they were giggling at me. Uh, but I missed the last step, and I hit the floor, and I went, whoa. <laughs> and I almost wiped out right there in the middle of everything. And I saw a few of them snickering, and I saw them after service. I, I saw you <laughs> laughing at me. I saw that. I almost lost my, my balance. I have some preacher friends who have lost their balance and flat out fell. So I haven't gone that far yet, but just give me time, Stan. Give me time. I'll get there. Heard a story of a man. His, his first name was Nick. And uh, some number of years ago, he decided that he was going to walk a tightrope across a portion of the Grand Canyon. And, you know, probably hundreds of feet below him and his family was, uh, were these tightrope walkers. It was a generational thing. I think his great-grandfather had actually died in an accident where he had fallen off. But it was his dream, it was Nick's dream to, to walk across a portion of the Grand Canyon on a tightrope. And they were worried that day about the wind. And he started and he was going step by step across the tightrope. But there came a few times when he had to kind of get down. And the people watching got really worried when he, when he crouched down on the wire. But he had to get down to let the wind settle. And he got back up and he walked. And it said the wind was such that it blew dust in his contact lenses. So I can imagine that as a contact lens wearer myself. When you get dust on your contacts, it's not a fun thing. It's an irritating thing. Your visibility uh, goes down. And so he, but yet he continued on. And the story goes on to say that finally when he got towards the end, he did a little bit of skipping and running and got onto the side and he crossed over that tight rope. I thought about that story as amazing as that is. Something I guarantee you I'll never try, never do. But life can feel like a balancing act sometimes, can it? Do you ever feel in life that you're walking the tight rope and there could be a big fall at any moment and if you look down at the situation too much you say, I'm, I'm going to lose my balance, I'm going to fall Life can present us with impossible, that what seems to be impossible challenges. Life can present to us what can seem to be also impossible opportunities. Sometimes the life will present us with opportunity and we'll say, I could never do that. I could never be that. I could never be that person. I could never achieve that. But by faith, somebody say faith. I hope this sermon today will increase my faith. I hope this sermon today will increase your faith. By faith, we step out on the tight ropes of life and we live step by step. What is the old hymn, living by faith in Jesus alone? I'm living by faith, step by step. And I have found that when we do our part, God always does his part. Have you found that to be faithful this morning? When you do your part, God does his part. I thought about this the other day as I was driving. I think I was on Simmons Gap Road. And it just hit me that we live in this world. 
We live in it, right? And all the problems and all the situations. We live in this world as people, but yet as children of God, as children of Christ, if I could say it this way, we also live beyond this world. We, li- we exist beyond this world. If I just existed in this world and, a- and the way this world operated, I-, I would not be happy. I would not have joy. I would not have victory. But I live, if I can say it this way, beyond this world. I live in an existence where I am a child of God through Jesus Christ. That makes all the difference. Have you found that to make all the difference in your life? I live by faith in Christ. Say that word again, faith. 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 I live by faith in Christ. Christ whose power is greater than any obstacle. Christ whose power is greater than any barrier. Christ who can work in me. Christ who does work in me. And Christ who works in you. So with confidence this morning I can say that I will achieve things in my life that are beyond my own capabilities. I think as children of God, we need to realize that sometimes we look at things and we say, I can only do so much, and that's true. But as children of God, we live in the power and the working and the ability of Christ in us, the hope of glory. And because Christ works in us, because Christ works through us, we can achieve and do more in our lives than what we're humanly capable of in and of ourselves. We can have victory beyond what seems possible in our lives. It's time for us as children of God to have faith again in Christ. It's time for us that when we pray, believe what we pray. When we live out the Christian principles that we find in the word of God. To believe that those principles will bear fruit in our lives. And God is able and he is working in us and through us. So today we're going to look at a very familiar Story. You knew it was coming at some point. It's the story of the loaves and the fishes. I get accused of preaching about food all the time anyway. You knew it was coming some point in time. David Baldwin tells me, he says, You always quote a song and you always talk about food. And I thought, Well, he's listening. <laughs> Let's talk about this story about the five, uh, the, the five loaves, the two fishes. But I I have a quote here I want to look at. The teachings of Jesus. The teachings of Jesus are just as important as the feeding by Jesus. We're talking about balance this morning. We're talking about balance this morning. It is very important that we be taught the principles of the Christian faith. We're taught the teachings of Christ and grow And it's also very important when I say the feeding by Jesus, it's also very important to experience the blessings of our faith, the blessings that come through knowing Jesus Christ, the the emotional times and and the pouring in times from the Word of God and the Spirit of God. We need both in our lives. We need a balance of both. What I see this morning is that Jesus, prior to this story that we're getting ready to read about, He had been training the disciples. Then he had sent the disciples out on kind of a missionary trip and told them, go out and spread the gospel and work miracles and and proclaim and go to city to city. And they had come back to him. So he had been training. He had been teaching. They had been working. That was the context of bringing us to this point where he feeds the 5,000. 
The 5,000 were there because they were listening to his teachings. They wanted to hear what Jesus had to say. So the teaching was important. But the feeding was also important. Jesus could have said when they arrived and when they found him, he could have set them down then and fed them. Or when they arrived, he could have talked them and then sent them to McDonald's in Jerusalem and said, you take care of your own blessing. He did both. He did both because the feeding of Jesus, the blessing of Jesus, and the teaching of Jesus, that balance must be in our lives. We need both. Let's look at this, this story. Very familiar one from Mark chapter 6. Let's start at verse 30. Then the apostles gathered to Jesus, told them all the things, both which they had done and what they had taught. That, that was what we just talked about as they had been out working for him. And Jesus said to them, come aside by yourselves to a deserted place and rest. Somebody say rest. Now I see a point right here too. This sermon is about balance. There, is, there are times in our lives of laboring and working and stretching and growing. But there are times in our lives where Jesus says, come aside and take some rest. You know it's okay to rest. Now, if you're resting from resting, maybe not. <laughs> you know, you say, I'm resting today. Well, what would you do the last three weeks? Well, I rested. So I'm resting from resting. No, 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 no. you got to be in balance here. you got to be in balance here. But as we work hard in life, as we work hard as children of God, there are times where he says, come to me, let's have rest, rest. Think about the pattern of creation. Six days... He created, God created, and on the seventh, what did he do? He rested. The good Protestant work ethic talks about that, working six days and then having one day of rest. There should be rest in our lives. There should be work in our lives, but there should be rest in our lives, and that's very biblical, that balance. And we, when we get out of balance, we get into some trouble, and we don't do as well. We get burnt out easier, or we get frustrated. So having balance of having the proper times of rest. So he tells them, come and rest a while, for there were many coming and going, and they, they did not even have time to eat. They'd been working pretty hard. So they departed to a deserted place in the boat by themselves. But the multitude saw them departing, and many knew Jesus and ran there on foot from all the cities. They arrived before them and came together to him. The people found them. The people found them. They were going to take rest, but the people found them, and the multitudes came to see and hear Jesus. And Jesus, when he came out, saw a great multitude. And he was frustrated and hangry because they were bothering him, and he sent them away. Is that what the Scripture says? No. I love what the Scripture does say. He saw the great multitude, and he was moved with compassion for them. I love that phrase. He was moved with compassion for them because when he saw them, they were like sheep having no shepherd. I heard a story recently of somebody playing golf out on the golf course and they said there was just this, uh, is it a flock of sheep, pack of sheep, group of sheep? I, I don't know what the terminology is for sheep, but it was, it was a bunch of sheep 
And they were coming through the golf course. And he said, they just, you know, no, just random. They go one way, then they wander another way. And, and sheep are not very smart animals. And the Bible calls us sheep. <laughs> he, he, saw the, he said they were moving around like sheep having no shepherd. And instead of being frustrated by them, instead of being aggravated by them, instead of being put out by them, he had compassion on them. And I thank God he has compassion on me. And I thank God that when this little Bo Peep sheep right here, is that the right fairy tale? or whatever, When this little sheep right here gets disoriented and wanders around and messes up, he doesn't look at me in anger. He looks at me in compassion. He looks at you in compassion. He was moved with compassion. And he said, all right, this is not what I planned to do. We were going to rest. We were going to eat. We deserve this. But I'm going to put all that aside because they are without direction. They were without help. They are wandering. And oh, how they need me. And I say today, oh, how. I need him oh how I need him and he said they're like sheep having no shepherd and so he began to teach them many things look at the next verse when the day was now far spent his disciples came to him and said this is a deserted place and already the hour is late Send them away. Send them down to the subway in Ruckersville so they can get something to eat. Send them away that they may go into the surrounding country and villages and buy themselves bread, for they have nothing to eat. But he answered, Jesus answered, said to the disciples, You give them something to eat. And they said to him, Shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread? Basically, they're saying, It would cost us eight months of salary, a day's work, eight months to feed this multitude. It's the feeding of the 5,000, but that was 5,000 men. They didn't count the women and the children. It could have been 15 to 20,000 people who were fed that day. They said, shall we go and buy 200 denarii worth of bread and give them something to eat? But Jesus said to them, how many loaves do you have? Go and see. And when they found out, they said, five loaves and two fishes. Then he commanded them to make them all sit down in groups on the green grass. So they sat down in ranks in hundreds and in fifties. And when Jesus had taken the five loaves and the two fish, he looked up to heaven. He blessed and he broke. Get those words. Think that. We'll come back to that. Blessed and broke the loaves. And gave them to his disciples to set before them. And the two fish he divided among them. So they all ate and were filled. And they took up 12 doggy bags. Anybody ever have, do we have doggy bags in central Virginia? Anybody know what a doggy bag is? I, this is a very deep theological question this morning. Back in southwest Virginia when we would eat and we'd have leftovers. We'd say, can I have a doggy bag? Now we call them to-go trays, a little more civilized. We, we call them doggy bags. Jesus picked up, or they picked up, 12 baskets full of leftovers, full of the fragments of the fish. Now those who had eaten the loaves were about 5,000 men. And again, the word there for, for men is, is the connotation of just biological 
males. So there was probably 15 to 20,000. You see, the teaching happened first, right? The teaching happened first. He taught them. He tried to grow them. He tried to develop them. Then he said, I want to bless them and I want to feed them. And we need both in our lives. We need his growing and we need his blessing. We need his stretching and we need his blessing. We need both in our lives. Let's look at the next point this morning that I saw out of this. Jesus is concerned about our emotional, our physical, and our spiritual well-being. I could add other things to that list, couldn't I? I could add financial, I could add relational, I could add any number of things. But if it's important to you, it's important to him. The disciples looked at Jesus and said, send them to McDonald's. Send them away. Let them go and get their own food. I think those boys were tired. I think those boys were hangry. (laughs) They'd been working pretty hard. I think they were a little bit irritated. Because they got a little sarcastic with Jesus. I mean, have have you ever gotten sarcastic with Jesus? Uh, You know, when they said, do you expect us to spend all these denarii, eight months worth of wages... They were a little testy right there. I I mean, when I read the text a few times this week, I'm thinking, hmm, boys, you're getting a little little testy there. Sometimes we get a little testy with the Lord. Now, let's just be honest. Sometimes we what's the term, cop an attitude? Sometimes we cop a little attitude with the Lord if we're not careful. Things aren't going the way we think or he's not working as quickly as we think that he ought to be working. I think they were getting a little bit of attitude and they were saying, send them on. Send them on. It's getting late. Before it's too late, let them go. They need to find something to eat. But Jesus said, you look around, see what we have. Jesus cared for them. Somebody say care. I want you to know this morning. I want you to know this morning. In case you need to be reminded, Jesus loves you. Right? Jesus loves you. I mean, really, I could have just uh, saved myself a lot of studying and work this week, and I just could have came in here, Pastor Brad, this morning, and I could have just said, Jesus loves you. And if everybody in this building would have just grasped that little phrase, Jesus loves me, my work would have been done today. He does. He loves you. I, I, he sent me by this morning, come over here to 1505 Simmons Gap Road to remind you today, Jesus loves you. Jesus cares Jesus cares. I, I, I know it gets frustrating sometimes. I know it gets heavy sometimes. I know the burden just doesn't seem to go away sometimes. And I know sometimes we pray and we pray we pray and it seems like nothing or nobody is changing. But I'm here to remind you in case you have forgotten, in case you're wondering, Jesus cares and Jesus loves you. He loves you. Somebody should say amen to that. Jesus cares. Jesus loves you. You, every need, every request, every burden, every hurt, Jesus cares. Jesus is concerned. We're talking about balance here, so get that. Get that in your mind. Get that in your thinking. Take that with you this week in your mindset, in your intellect, and remember and remind yourself, renew your minds, renew your thoughts throughout the week. Jesus does care. Jesus does love me. Jesus is working in me and through me. Get it in your mind. Get it through your hard head. (laughs) Jesus loves me. Jesus cares about me. But also get it in your heart. 
All right, we're talking about emotion. We're talking about balance, aren't we? Not just get it in your mind. Feel it. Get it down deep in your soul, in your mind. Jesus cares. He loves you. Get it down in you. He wanted the disciples to rest. He did. He really did. He also wanted the people to be taken care of. He had compassion on them. He looked at them in their wondering and their wandering. He looks at us in our wondering. We're scratching our heads and our wandering. He looks with compassion. He cares. He loves us. He is still. I, I talked about this yesterday in the funeral. But it fits really well right here. He is still the good shepherd. He is still the good shepherd. He is still the good shepherd. He is still the shepherd of Psalm 23. I love that psalm. We use it in funerals all the time, but it's a good one to live by. It's a good one to remind ourselves of. Jesus is the shepherd of Psalm 23. He leads us in his path of righteousness. He is my shepherd, and I don't need anything else. He's still that shepherd. In the New Testament, he called himself the good shepherd. So he cares this morning about your relational needs, your financial needs, your emotional needs, your spiritual well-being, your physical well-being. I just need to remind us, Jesus cares, Jesus loves. Jesus loves. Now we're going to do some math. We're going to do some math with Pastor Greg. When you're at the chili cook-off today and they say, what did Pastor Greg talk about at the 9 o'clock service? Say, he did math. He did math problems today. Lord have mercy. I was a social studies teacher back in the day. I guarantee you, I was not a math teacher. Social studies. Reading and writing and music and history. That's how I'm geared. Not math and science. Not on your life. <laughs> but we're going to do some math today. We're going to do some math today. First, I see this. If you see this story where Jesus said, nope, don't send them away. Keep them. Keep them here. Go look around. See what we've got. And then Jesus started to organize them. He started to organize them. He started to do what I would call the practical. The practical. We're talking about balance this morning. And, and, and God works through the practical and God works through the spiritual. He works through both. I'll give you some good examples today. We have beautiful, beautiful new LED lights thanks to the Marshall clan. Austin Marshall, and he, he helps his dad. Like he, he's really teaching Randall a lot about it. <laughs> but these beautiful lights this morning, we're having church today. We can see what's happening. Spiritually, we can have church because, and Jeff helped with that too, because practically, People did some work. You see what I'm saying? The God, God works through the practical and he works through the spiritual. I'm standing on this stage this morning, but there were three or four or five of these young guys around here a few days ago who were up under this stage running wires and running sound. And, and now you can hear me this morning. Why? Because they did practical, important work. You see, God works through the practical and God works through the spiritual. And the practical is important and the spiritual is important. I'm preaching balance this morning and I thank God for that. The beautiful infrastructure of all this technology. Amy has worked hard for months and months and now you see things. And Pastor Jacob and Pastor Daryl and different ones that help with this. We have screens and we have words and we have visuals and we have all these things that enhance the spiritual because somebody has been willing to do the practical. Somebody say amen this morning. 
I don't want to belabor the point. I mean, I could talk about how it blesses my heart about all these people who have cooked today, and now I'll get to eat after a while. I mean, I don't know. We've talked enough about food. But the practical and the spiritual. The practical and the spiritual. Jesus began to do the practical here before he did the spiritual. If you read it and you think about it, because he started to organize them into groups. He, he started thinking, he said, all right, put them in, in all of these groups and sit them down on the grass and get it all organized. And so they sat down in groups of 50 and, and in 100. There's a principle here. There's a principle here that God works through order and respect. When we think about the church, when we think about the kingdom of God, God works practically through order and respect. And we, we need to honor the authority of God and we need to honor the authority of those that in different seasons he's put into place as that authority. Is that all right this morning? He honors authority. He honors order. God works within a divine order. The Bible says that God is not the author of confusion. So when we come into church and, and we have an organization of our, uh, of our church and we have a schedule and we have a, a service order and we have a flow and we do all these practical things so that we hopefully will facilitate the spiritual. Amen? And then we follow the Holy Spirit. But God works through a divine order. He works through authority that he puts in place. God does not bless rebellion and God does not bless disorder. God does not bless Rebellion, God does not bless disorder. Had there been some in that multitude that day who said, no, no, no. I, I don't like sitting in the grass. I, I don't sit in the grass. I, I, I. I'm going to my pickup truck and I'm taking my family and then I'm taking these four or five that listen to me that I have influence with and we're going to go sit on the tail end of my pickup truck and they can bring this miracle to me. No, that's rebellion. Is that all right this morning? That's rebellion. Now, he doesn't bless rebellion. He doesn't bless disorder. So if there had been some that day that said, I'm not going to organize the way Christ said to organize, they would have missed the blessing. They would have missed the blessing. Now, you said we were going to do math. Well, let's do some math. Jesus looked at the disciples. I love this part of the story as well. When, he, when they're saying, send them, send them, send them, go get. And Jesus said, you feed them. You feed them. I think there's times in our lives where maybe we're in situations and we're saying, Lord, move. Lord, send someone. Lord, do something. And I think sometimes the Lord looks at us and says, you feed them. You feed them. But in, the, in this case, and sometimes in our case, we might look back at him and say, I don't have what it takes. I don't have enough. Jesus told him, go look around see what you have. Take inventory. What I find, spiritually speaking, and when God is working in our lives, when we take inventory and we see what we have with his blessing and with his multiplication, it's always enough. It's always enough. They came back and said, well, we've got five loaves, we've got two fishes. But I want to tell you this morning, for whatever you're facing, you have enough. What you have plus what God has is enough. What you have plus what God has is enough. It's enough for whatever you're facing. It's enough for whatever God might be calling you to do. 
It's enough for whatever your situation is. It's enough for whatever your problem is. It's enough even for whatever your new opportunity is. Whatever you currently have, use it, put it in the hands of God, and he will multiply it. Whatever you have with God is enough. You say, when conditions are better, I'll step out and I'll do this for God. No, step out now if he's telling you to. You say, when I have this in line, when I have that in line, all that. No, no, no. If God says you feed them, then feed them. Do it. Step out. Whatever you have is enough. Whatever the resources. And here's the beautiful thing that happened. You might have been looking at this math problem up here. Mark Batterson, wonderful writer. He's written several, several books that are, that are great. I don't remember which one this one came out of. But he did this little math problem. Five loaves times two fishes equals 15,000 with a remainder of 12 baskets. Now, how does that work? <laughs> how does that work? You say, Pastor, you're worse at math than I thought you were. Because if I take five loaves times two fishes, if I take five times two, even I can do that. That equals ten. Well, that's enough for me. That's enough for Pastor Greg. I don't know about anybody else going to eat. Five times two is ten. But when we multiply God into the math problem, when we multiply God into the equation, five times two equals, I was conservative right there, 15,000. It really could have been as many as 20,000. And there's always enough left over, 12 baskets. That's the kind of math that God does in our lives. Time and time again, God might say, you, you take this $20 and you use it for my glory. But before it's over with, that $20 has been stretched maybe to $200. Is that how your God works? That's how mine does. He said, you take this amount of time and you use it for my glory. But that amount of time is somehow stretched to this amount of time. God has a way of multiplying. When we use what we have, he'll give us what we don't have. He has a way of multiplying. Here's my final point this morning. He took what was there. And the Bible said he blessed it. And he broke it. Do, you, do, you, do those words mean anything to, to anybody this morning? When, when you think of him taking those loaves especially. Blessing them and breaking them. Do you know what this was? It was a picture a picture before the, the, the Last Supper has not happened yet. It's a picture of the Last Supper. It's a picture of communion. What, what did we do last week? We practiced and we had Holy Communion together, didn't we? Jesus took the bread, he blessed it, and he broke it. And what was happening right there in this beautiful picture, he is showing them a foreshadow, and he's showing us now as we look back on it that because of his death, because of his burial, because of his resurrection, I have all I need. He took the bread, blessed it, and broke it, just like he did at the Last Supper, just like we did last week in communion. And all of that was to say, because of his death, because of his burial, because of his resurrection, I have all that I need. So here's our response. Because of all of this, because of balance that God gives us, because of the multiplication, because of his death, burial, and resurrection, and that working in our lives, 
We need to have a mindset that says, I can't, never did anything. I can't. You can't, why can't you? <laughs> why can't you? No, I can't, never did anything. I'm not going to have a mindset of I can't. Because when I can't, I don't get anything accomplished. I can't, never did anything. I can't, never did anything. You know what our mindset should be? I can. Somebody say can. Let's say this. Let's say I can. Everybody say I can. Let's say it again. I can. Here's what our mindset should be. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Now some of you might need that little scripture before the day's even over. Right? Life is real, right? Life is real. Life is tough. Some of you may need to remind yourselves before you even go to bed tonight, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Others of you, it might go hunky-dory up until maybe Wednesday or Thursday, and then you say, whoo-hoo, I'm running into a wall. These old problems are recirculating. That's when you take back and renew your mind and say, I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. What do we do? We get up. There's that picture again. There's old Nick Remember Nick from the beginning of the sermon? Have I preached too long? You don't remember the story? I don't think so. You remember? There's old Nick. There's old Nick. We do like Nick did. We put one foot in front of the other. Sometimes in life I can't run. A lot of times in life I can't run. <laughs> Sometimes in life I can't skip. Sometimes in life I can't dance. My wife would tell you I never can dance. But what I can do is I can get up, I can put one foot in front of the other. Right? One foot in front of the other. And just like Nick, sometimes I have to kind of get down. But you know, getting down like this, is, if I'm getting down on my knees, is not such a bad thing. It's all right to get down sometimes on my knees and say, Lord, help me. You love me. You care for me. Help me to get back up. And just like Nick, he got back up. And sometimes my contacts get a little dust on them like poor old Nick did. And I can't see the way as clearly as I would like to see. And it's, it's irritating and it's difficult and I'm disoriented. But all I have to do is I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Anybody believe what I'm preaching this morning? When one foot... One foot in front of the other, step by step, day by day, victory by victory. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Would you stand with me this morning and we're going to pray together. And that's what I want you to pray. We, we typically have a response. We typically have something. And sometimes I ask you to pray two or three things. And I thought, I'm going to be easy on everybody today. We're going to pray this one thing, but it's one powerful thing. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Would you bow your head and close your eyes? And as an individual, let me say this. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, that's the first step across the tightrope of life.
Accept him today. Ask him to forgive your sin. Come into your heart. Make you a new creation. Secure your eternal destiny. But then you have a friend who walks with you across the tight ropes of this life. But let's pray this this morning. Let's pray. Pray it right now. Say, Lord, Lord, I know that I can. I can. I can. Not my, not my neighbor down the street. Not Pastor Greg. Not Pastor Allison. Not my friend. Not, not, not my co-worker. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. And Lord, sometimes in my life, I get a little hangry. Sometimes in my life, I get a little frustrated. Sometimes in my life, I, my heart gets a little hardened towards you. Sometimes my heart gets a little hardened towards you and I start to give up or I start taking on the wrong mindset. But today, Lord, I give you that and I say, soften my heart. Don't let the trials of this life harden my heart. Don't let the the trials of this life discourage my heart. But soften my heart by the moving of the Holy Spirit and remind me this morning that I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength all things I means I and all means all and Christ means business I give it to you this morning Lord I give it to you I can do all things Lord I pray for this beautiful group of people this morning God this congregation here at 9 o'clock and the ones that will be here at 11 o'clock as well I pray God for them today that, that faith would increase in our hearts and in our minds and that we would leave this place today we would leave with confidence we would leave with reminders that we can do all things through you you care for us you love us you look after us I can do all things through you let your people be reminded of that today let it let it settle in their minds and let it settle in their hearts Let us get it in our minds. Let us get it in our intellect. Let us think these things, Lord, but let it also get in our hearts and in our emotions. I can do all things through Christ who gives me strength. Bless your people today. Honor your word today with the the help of the Holy Spirit in our lives. In Jesus' mighty name.